is the Prayer and Push-Ups Podcast. My name is Ben Taluga, and I am here with Neil, the giant Ginger Maxwell. Welcome to the gym. Woo! Neil, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm super excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Because <laughs> one, uh, for those who haven't been listening, I moved from my different office to my gym. So finally, I'm actually like in the gym for recording, which is what we were always talking about doing. Um, and uh, we have a really awesome guest that I'm just like super excited about. We today. do. So this is one of our, our, our first, uh, it's our first uh, clerical guest. It's true. Like, <laughs> just remember, so, I'm honored. Uh, so Father uh, Chase uh, Goodman is here. He uh, is a stranger that I met on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because Catholic Twitter is a strange and weird place. Uh, and, uh, you know, you follow people, you talk to different people, you have different conversations, you end up arguing and hating each other because it's Catholic Twitter. Um, but you love each other because we're family. Uh and then you meet someone with common interests and then introduce yourself and ask them to come on your podcast. So like, cause like you, at the time when I saw you were a deacon who lifts weights, which is just, who has your, you have your own whole Twitter account dedicated to your weightlifting, which is just fantastic. So uh, father, why don't you introduce yourself? All right. Thanks, Neil. Um, like you said, my name's, uh, father Chase Goodman, uh, still getting used to saying that, um, I was ordained a priest May 30th, so a little over a week now. And uh, yeah, um, it's good to be here. Uh, I, uh, so I've just ordained a priest. I've been finally out of seminary for after seven years. Um, you know, it's been a blessing all the way through. Uh, this first week of priesthood has been a blessing. But um, uh, right now I'm kind of in a, a weird place because um, I start my assignment in July. So this month of June is kind of just visiting parishes that have been important to me, you know, helping out a bit and packing. Um, so a lot of free time, a lot of opportunity to lift, um, and hopefully to get something lined up for, uh, for the rest of my life, uh, in terms of a lifting program. Okay. Gotcha. So you're like, you're looking for a new program to, that would actually fit with the priesthood kind of thing or. Well, I've, I started doing, um, five, three, one back in March, like, or I think it was okay. the start of April actually. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I've been working through that. I'm, I'm on, uh, the end of cycle two right now. Um, okay. so it seems like it, it seems like it's flexible enough that it could fit with the crazy schedule of a priest. So. I hope it keeps working. So yeah, I've, I've got to ask you really quick, Father, before we actually get into what this podcast is all about, I'm just curious, with, oh, your, sure. with your parents, now that you are a priest, do they call you Father, or do, or do they just still call you Chase? They need to get better about it. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean they, they just call me Chase, like, when we're together like you know in the house or whatever but like in public they'll call me father chase so okay uh, and it's really hard on my nephews and nieces going from uncle chase to father chase I haven't started calling you funkle Funk, funkle <laughs> funkle <laughs> no no <laughs> so i think that's got to be weird both for you as a son and for them as parents to refer to you or to hear them referring to you as father it's just got to be a, a different a different dynamic um, to have that I mean, change. Really, 
it's weird. The, the, the hard thing was, was diaconate, like right after deacon ordination, like everything felt weird. Like I did, that took some time to get used to, like it took time to get used to, like, you know, at the, at the end of the Eucharistic prayer, like holding up the chalice, you know, helping out as a deacon, you know, preaching, doing baptisms and stuff like that, that felt weird. But like the day of my ordination, like concelebrating and then that night hearing confessions, like it all felt right. Like it all felt real smooth and, you know, there's no problem with it. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. Things have, the only weird thing is how easy it's been. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, yeah. It's so, so the diaconate's like the uh, uh, puberty of becoming a priest. It's the awkward stage. <laughs> yes. Yes. Your voice gets high and <laughs> starts to crack. <laughs> there is, there's no better. That, that's perfect. There's no better description of the transitional diaconate than puberty. Clerical puberty. <laughs> Clerical puberty. It is decided. Yeah. With whatever heard, authority we have, it's done. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. The the transitional diaconate is the equivalent of clerical puberty. All right, <laughs> moving into what we are actually about. So this is a podcast about living a healthy life physically and spiritually. So who better to talk about that than a priest who lifts weights, right? I mean, we should probably just stop doing this, Neil, and let Father take over. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. We'll so, get another, and we'll get um uh, we'll get you partnered up with a guy from uh, Word on Fire. Yeah, wherever, yeah, uh, exactly. Because the, uh, the whole Word on, yeah, or just Bishop, like just Bishop Barron himself. Have you seen that guy's arms? Yeah. Holy buckets! No, he's the got, memes like, of those guys are great. <laughs> he's got like yeah. pipes coming out of his shoulders. Anyway, I, no, yeah, they. I think they, I think they got him just on like strictly occlusion training. That's all they're doing is they just want just like just get him on like serious mass. Just so like because that's the only part that of his clerics that show, yeah, right? Yeah, so like, right. So he just like, does curls all just the curls, time. Just curls. Just curls. All different it's kinds of right. curls, but curls nonetheless. Anyway. The elevation. Um, so we have some questions we're gonna ask Father Chase, and just to get his his thoughts on, you know, this aspect of living a healthy life physically and spiritually, and uh find out more about him, as Neil mentioned. We've never met Father Chase before. This is the first time we've actually talked. We we talked for like five minutes and then started recording. So we'll see yeah. how this goes. But Neil, you want to start us off with questions sure. for Father? I'd like, okay, so when did you start lifting? When did when when was first you started? When did you pick up the weights? Sure. Um, I mean, growing up, my dad my dad lifted in high school and college. Like this was back in the eighties, back when that seventies and eighties when that was you know, just starting to be the golden era of lifting weights. Um, so growing up, I knew I was the youngest of three and, you know, my dad was strong and he would take the, he would take my older brothers to, um, to the gym with him. And it was a garage gym, a boxing gym sort of thing, but, you know, just the Rocky aesthetic, like it was, it was everything I ever wanted. So like, I remember asking him like when I was a kid, like, dad, I want to lift with you. And so he, when I got to like, I think I was 10, he first brought me in and just had me doing, you know, a bench. We had, we had a two cycle day. We had a push day and a pull day. Um, and pull day also had legs. Um, so I did that with him 
it was like three days a week. Um, it was off and on. Biggest problem I regret um, as far as lifting goes was I didn't go as hard as I could have when I was a kid. You know, those golden uh, anabolic days. But uh, yeah, high school, junior high, high school, um, played football. Uh, going into high school, my my uh, Catholic school, we started a powerlifting team. So uh, we we went to meets and did pretty good, but it was private school. So uh, I think I think the I don't remember my total. I remember the heaviest thing I ever lifted was is um, at state my senior year. I deadlifted 500, but they red lighted me because um, oh. they said I. And I was so mad because there were so, so many people that hitched it worse than me. But um, yeah. but that was geared. That was geared, and uh, I'm working my way towards a 500 raw deadlift. Um, okay, that's one of my goals right now. Okay, so uh, and, uh, you competed. You competed in high school geared. Yeah, and gear okay. is awful. <laughs> I, I was I, I not like, like I, I've never lifted in it. I don't want to though. No, don't. Uh, the shirts were the worst. Um, I can't uh, like you're benching out, like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're all. Uh, and you have to have a conga line. You have to have a conga line when you're wearing the bench shirts, because uh, otherwise, if you put your arms down, uh, you'll cut off the circulation, uh, and it's terrible. Every bit of it's terrible. Gotcha. No, I've heard. I mean, the only thing I've heard of the benefit of lifting geared lifting is like, um, you'd last longer. It's like not as like wear and tear allegedly but um but real real quick for those who are not powerlifting type people okay that are listening (laughs) to this what exactly is geared (laughs) well imagine imagine like an under armor shirt um that's made out of canvas and there's about two inches of fabric on the on the front uh and it takes three guys to get into that shirt like you're putting it on and there's three guys just yanking it down onto you. Uh, and there's also uh, like a onesie, like kind of a, a singlet, like a wrestling singlet, but made out of the same material. Uh, and that's supposed to help with squat and deadlift as well. And then there's knee wraps, which you wrap these elastic wraps, rubber bands with cloth on them around your knees as tight as you can. And you know, all that, all that material is doing a lot of the work for you. Like you can add like at least 50 pounds to your maxes with that. Wow. But I still have, I still have stretch marks, scars from wearing that. Oh man. Not enough to like baby powder and plus like all the sweat from, yeah. I mean, I imagine it's hot. <laughs> oh, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> the way you describe uh, that. It sounds like the way that people describe having to get in and out of their superhero costumes in movies. Like it took, <laughs> yeah. it took a team of four people to get me into this thing and they had to like, you know, it, grease me up in order to get it like, to slide on or whatever. It's just like Iron Man, like the first movie <laughs> where he doesn't know what he's doing. There you go. There you go. And so you said your, so your totals, like your totals, you said you had a, you had a, a red lighted, but you made it, you know, I'll count it. Strongman rules, 500 pounds on the deadlift. What was your body weight at the time? Um, I've been, I've been 225, like pretty much consistent, like okay. from high school until now. Uh, 
Okay. I think my body comp is changing a bit now for the better, but, uh, uh, college, I got fat and lazy, um, going into pre-theology after college, you know, the start of seminary, like I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what, um, three of my good friends in my class, um, one was from Austin. He'll be ordained at the end of the month. Another from Dallas. I don't know if he's ordained yet. The other one, he went and uh, he's a Dominican now. Um, but so uh, we would get together. We'd run like every other day and we'd lift every other day. But even then, like the lifting was just kind of kind of unorganized. Uh, but it was good because we had a we had a good fraternity. We'd wake up at four in the morning and do it. Um, and that was, that was really good reinforcement. Um, but then after pre-theology, I went on to another seminary and I got back to being fat and lazy. Like I, I kind of built it up in my head that I needed to have, I needed to have some friends to do this with, or I needed to have this all figured out. I needed a system, but I wasn't devoting enough time to the system. Um, but it took me until, uh, T3 year. So, um, like two years ago, basically, um, I gave blood and and, like my blood pressure had been getting a bit higher, but this time it was not good. And so I was like, okay, I really need to get back in shape. And, uh, I talked to my brother who's a doctor, um, about it. And he had been trying to get me back into lifting and, he was saying, Oh, you know, best thing for high blood pressure is weightlifting, you know? Um, I said, well, okay. And he got me onto the gospel of Mark Ripito. Uh, so <laughs> that's how I got back into it. Um, was I started reading starting strength and watching a bunch of the YouTube videos. And, uh, I just, I did the, I did the starting strength, uh, linear progression for like basically a school year. Um, Sure. And then I did it, I did it through the end of the summer and like my overhead press was starting to, you know, really lag, which is, that's where the diminishing returns come for an LP. Uh, and then I asked around on Catholic Twitter and uh, there was a guy that uh, he, uh, he developed a program for me. Um, his name's Funkel on Twitter. Uh, he developed a program for me that was a, uh, uh what's it called uh, for high volume and then working down to high uh, for, go from high volume, low intensity to high intensity, low volume uh, hypertrophy. It was hypertrophy at the beginning and uh, working towards intensity. And yeah, yeah. That was really helpful. And uh, you know, just trying to figure things out for my own. And then, uh, you know, COVID happened and that kind of ended me uh, on that program had a couple weeks uh, off from that because no gyms were open. And then I found my garage gym that I lifted in when I was a kid is still open and I got a key. So all the gyms were closed, but I got to work out um, for about two months now, two or three months. Uh, so yeah, um, just working my way through five through one, trying to get strong. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, why, like what, what is it about just getting strong that's like attractive to you? I mean, I don't agree with everything he says, but uh, Ripito does have some good philosophy on strength. Like he doesn't, he doesn't quite get the, uh, I don't think he gets the, 
the spiritual side of it or anything like that, the virtue side of it. Mm-hmm. But he does he does start out real strong, like uh, being strong is general purpose. That's a good thing to be. He doesn't quite get into fortitude and you know the platonic ideal of man, but you know if you're strong, you can do anything. Like you look at just, and my dad taught me that from growing up too. Like he even now he looks at like American Ninja Warrior or uh, the show, the new show that The Rock has. Like he's like, Titan. yes, that's what Titan you want to be. Yeah, ti- yeah, the Titan Games. Like just mm-hmm. be strong, be able to do all these things with your body. Like, uh, I do agree with Ripito that like too many people are into running and you look at the elite level runners and their bodies are just busted, you know, like, like, uh, one of my aunts, she ran an Ironman, which is impressive, but like, you know, it ruined her joints and, like, yeah, that's marathoners insane. and all that stuff. But, yeah. you know, I, I've always been a big guy, um, I, you know, I'm not in as far as sports go, like I was on the offensive line, never been explosive, never been like that fast or anything, but I mean, anyone can be strong. And that was, that was probably the coolest thing about powerlifting in high school was you saw people of all different body types. And like, you know, you had girls who didn't feel accepted, didn't, weren't really comfortable with their bodies, but you know, they get, you get them under the bar and their confidence just goes up and yeah. you know, that's just awesome. Anyone can be strong. Yeah. No, I've, I've definitely like hundred percent agree with that. That like, you know, we talk we, on this podcast, we've talked about like, uh, co- uh, competence brings confidence. Um, and that like, you can always get better today. There's always like something you can do to, to, to improve yourself. Um, so that, that's phenomenal. And um, that's why I love doing it too. And you're absolutely right about the runners too. <laughs> like, but but I, I caveat it about like, it's anyone at the extremes. Like you, yeah. you, I don't know if you saw Thor after he lifted his 501. As his eyes were busting out. And then he can't breathe. Like he's just sitting yeah. there. He's like sitting there. <sighs> And like, and because he's 450 pounds or whatever, in order to lift, you know, two and a quarter times his body weight or two times his body weight or something, it was just, um, he did it. And like, it's, it's awesome, but like, it, yeah. it's, it's not good. Same thing with Eddie Hall. Like Eddie Hall almost died from that, from his five. Oh yeah. Well, Eddie's was way more dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Well, they talked about, uh, there's a interesting video out there about, um, what happens to your blood pressure during the Masalvo maneuver? Uh, and the fact that when he spikes his blood pressure because he's in the deadlift suit, he takes this giant deep breath and then he begins the executing the lift. And then immediately his team, he completes the lift, his team comes in and then they, after he releases his breath and then he, they take off the suit, it was like a double effect of blood pressure loss. And so his blood pressure just like dropped and that's when he passed out. Yeah. And like, and he was no, just he like, probably should have had a doctor to like, you know, bring him down slowly or something. Yeah. I don't know if there's I, anything you can do for that. I, I don't know. I don't know. But the, but um, it's like anything taken to the extreme is, is, is crazy. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. but I'd also well, say I mean, that, oh, go ahead. 
well, like, I mean, the, the elite level strongman, that stuff's crazy. CrossFit in general is crazy. And like, as far as the, I mean, all the aesthetic stuff, like all the bodybuilding, that's crazy too. Like none of that should really be allowed, you know, getting down to like 4% body fat. Like that's insane. Like when, when you're having to worry about your endocrine system from what you're doing, like that's, that's really bad. Um, yeah. When, when what you're doing that at that point, it stops be being healthy and turns the corner and starts to go the other way. Yeah. Um, we're, we're created to be in that sweet spot. <laughs> That's where healthy lives. And we want to try to get into that and hang out there. Virtues in the mean. Exactly. Exactly. No. Um, okay. So what, um, how, how has your physical life and being into powerlifting in high school and so on and so forth, like what role, if any, has it played in your spiritual life and your vocation? I mean, I think that I don't want to spiritualize it too much, but I do think that I think that the discipline from it has been invaluable. Um, like, you know, going through going through seminary, eventually you're going to struggle with chastity. That's just the state of things. Um, you know, going through seminary, but uh, I found that you you look at what the saints say about growing in virtue uh growing in chastity they always talk about you have to mortify the body you have to do acts of penance you have to discipline your body you know they'll they'll talk about all these different things and you i don't want to spiritualize it i don't want to make it like kind of like you know you don't want to conflate fasting with dieting and you don't want to you know cheat and uh you know, oh, my fasting is my diet, or my diet is my fasting. Uh, that's not right. But, um, but just the fact of the the act of working out, like that, does discipline you. It it introduces pain in a controlled way, in a deliberate way that makes you more disciplined. That um, that you know calms the concupiscible uh, part of your soul and you know, leads you to virtue. Um, virtue is human excellence and you know, being strong, being fit is a kind of excellence. Uh, it helps you, it definitely helps you grow in the natural virtue of fortitude. Um, and grace yeah. always builds on, on nature. No, I mean, absolutely. I like the way you think, put that. Yeah. The, uh, um, uh, that's uh, that was interesting what you said about like especially like the introduction of pain um uh, mm. because um uh, one of the things it's like uh like i was talking with young people about um just being able to endure the act of kneeling at mass mm-hmm. <laughs> like and they were just having a hard time uh, um just with the concept of like why do i even like it's uncomfortable and this is of course like in an air-conditioned church with kneelers like kind of thing or whatever and they're complaining about kneeling and it's just like so it's just trying to like say like there's so many other like like how soft are we how like we are so soft we are so like cushy american lives that like we can't even kneel for god you know for a little bit of prayer for for five minutes you know 
like, oh no, father's doing, you know, the long Eucharistic prayer, you know, the Roman canon or something. <laughs> like, and it's just going to be a long time or whatever. It's just, I, yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right that it's just like, it's so good. So good. Um, this, this next question, okay. Um, it's kind of a person, it's kind of like a, one of my personal ones uh, that I'm just like, I don't know, maybe a morbid curiosity about it. Uh, or inappropriate curiosity. What's it like to have anointed hands that can bless things and offer the sacraments? It's like the only superpower <laughs> that's real. <laughs> well, like, um, I don't know if either of you have been to an ordination mass, but there's a, I don't know if this is a universal custom, but it's at least the custom that uh, I'm familiar with. Uh, at the end of the ordination mass, like right before the final blessing, uh, they bring out uh, a kneeler into the sanctuary and the or the ordaining bishop, he gets the first blessing from the newly ordained priests. And uh, there's a plenary indulgence attached to receiving the first blessing of a new priest uh, first blessing, but it's, he can, he can give those first blessings for up to a year after his ordination. So uh, I've been giving first blessings for the past week to just about anyone I see. But yeah. like that was that was really crazy. Like, you know, not not one hour ago he was putting his hands on my head, and now I'm putting my hands on his head. And uh like I feel like there's a warmth. I don't know if I'm just I don't know if this is just in my head or what, but like whenever I'm stretching my hand out and saying the words, like I feel like there's a warmth coming out. Uh might just be psychosomatic but uh like it's awesome uh saying mass is awesome hearing confessions giving absolution that's that's the best that's absolutely awesome uh yeah looking forward to doing a lot more of it yeah i mean it's um there's i uh, the i forget where it actually was where one of the um private revelations where someone went to heaven and they saw priests um, and their hands were black because they didn't in purgatory because they didn't bless enough. Um, and so I just think it's like so fantastic that you're, you're just like blessing, like you're, you're blessing everyone right and left. Like that's, yeah. that's just why I'm like, don't, don't stop. Right. <laughs> like yeah. it's, there, there, there's, there's, there's not like um, we're not going to run out of a need <laughs> for that blessing no i have i have this image of oprah you get a blessing and you get a blessing and you get a blessing <laughs> when, and that was that was probably the i mean it, it made things easier but it was kind of disappointing um you know because of the isolation and everything we had to uh reduce uh the ordination you know we had to reduce the crowd for that and um like at the reception afterwards, that's when the new priests give their new give their blessings to everyone, and um, it was a really manageable number. Like every other ordination I've been to, like the priest is there for like two hours straight, just giving blessings like nonstop. Like someone has to sneak him a Snickers bar because he's about to pass out. <laughs> but like, you know, it it didn't feel like I had a very long line at all, and like you know, I got to eat in a fairly timely manner, and you know, it was easy. Uh, gotcha. But, uh, so is know, that is that circumstances? A, is that a positive of COVID? Then you had a manageable number of people the first time around. <laughs> well, 
it made it easy. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was nice that I didn't get worn out, but you know, I, there were so many people I wish could have come, but, uh, yeah. you know, it is sure. what it is. Uh, it, I don't want to complain though, because, uh, it, it really did make all the planning and all the stress of everything a bit easier, but, uh, it was all beautiful. And, uh, it was a lot better than indefinitely postponing it. Yeah, no, that would have been like, I you like, okay, I've spent, you know, how much of my life now preparing for this or whatever. And like, yeah. And now I have to kick the can down the road to yeah. whatever. Um, well, I told them I'm no good to the church as a deacon. <laughs> I can do stuff as a priest, but I can't do much as a deacon. All like all the permanent diac and uh, diac and candidates and like deacons or whatever just like sighing right now like oh. <laughs> well I mean it's a it's a transitional diaconate is the thing and like you know I I I was done with school and you know they there's no reason for me to just live at my parents until ordination you know months from now just so we can have more people there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad I can get my life going finally. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get it. It's kind of the same thing with a lot of the, the weddings right now is some people are choosing to postpone their mm-hmm. wedding. And then a lot of people who um, are just like, no, no, no. Like this, I love this person. We love each other. Let's get our life going or whatever. Let's get married. And I mm-hmm. think that's. Yeah. Just do it small and simple and yeah, it's beautiful in its own way. Yeah. I yeah. have some that actually push their weddings up. Because it, it, I think the thought was, if, if we're going to be sheltering in place, if we're going to be stuck in one place, and you know, we'd rather be stuck in one place together. So let's just let's just do it now, and yeah, nice. Start our lives. So yeah. Um, okay. So you, you uh, the, our next question was like, do you recommend lifting for others, uh, and why? Which you you kind of did earlier when you're talking about uh, mm-hmm. Ripto and just like being strong is good in its own sake and yeah. things like that, but. Um, do you see, uh, like any other need where like lifting would be a good thing to prescribe to people or, or just, uh, um, or how, what's, what, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, the biggest, like I've listened to Rip and Toe's podcast for a couple episodes and like he, he really gets frustrated on this and I do agree with that and that, uh, you know, our society, if we are focused on exercise at all, it's, it's running, it's cardio stuff. Um, but strength is like, that is important. You need cardiovascular endurance, but, um, like the benefits of strength are, you know, unprecedented. And, uh, don't forget cardio is the, sorry, don't forget cardio is the first rule to the zombie land. So (laughs) saying, if you want to survive, um, Still need your cardio. A, but just in terms of like, you know, Rip has on his show people that like, um, people that have, uh, you know, heart disease or, you know, uh, uh, osteoporosis, stuff like that. But, you know, he's able, his big thing is being able to get, you know, old people that are in wheelchairs, get them back on their feet, get them driving. Uh, and that's awesome. Just that it's a, I think that it's, it's an avenue to virtue. I think that we really can bring people, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta find people where they're at. If you can get them under a bar 
and try something hard and then incrementally load them. You know, I think that's what really gets to me about strength training is incremental loading. You know, you go in the gym, you put the bar on your back, you squat. Next time you put five pounds on the bar. And then, you know, that's what virtue is about. It's about those incremental changes uh, to get better at this thing. And, you know, anyone can do that. And that's, that's fantastic. And I think you can bring people from that into the rest of life, you know? Yeah, totally agree. And you mentioned something earlier and I kind of wanted to maybe like probe deeper on that was that like strength training helped in chastity in, mm-hmm. in chastity and, and seminary. And um, it like, could you, do you want to elaborate on that a little more as to like how that actually happened or played a role for you? I mean, just the, like, I, I think, I think it's relatable right now with, uh, with the quarantine isolation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, the joke is everyone's getting fat um, and, you know, we're just cooped up inside or we were, and you have a lot of energy that you're not using and everyone is just sitting at home on their office computers and, you know, curious eyes lead to bad things. Uh, I think that's a pretty universal thing that people are struggling with right now. And, uh, you know, in seminary, the devil is after you and you always have to be proactive. And um, there's plenty to be busy about in seminary, but I found that I was really lacking that uh, physical activity that I really needed. Like I'd go on walks around the seminary to get my Fitbit number up, but like that wasn't intense enough. Um, and trying to run just wasn't doing it for me. Uh, but it was really, you know, when, when I got, when I got uh, that kind of red light that, Oh, I, my heart, my uh, blood pressure is not doing great. I need to do something. Um, that's when I started getting back in the gym and like chastity became a lot easier. Um, like I didn't have, I didn't have as much temptation. It was easier to deal with the temptation when it came up. Um, and I, whenever things got harder, more difficult, I realized it's because, oh, I'm not active. I need to go do something. Um, and just kind of that growth in self-knowledge um, that, you know, chastity is not about white knuckling it and there's been a lot of people that have been hurt from thinking that that chastity is about self-knowledge and proper expression of the of the self of the sexuality of a person mm-hmm. yeah no I, I i completely get that uh, my uh i mean even what is it uh, just me in general my behavior my um like anger uh, and everything, all these other energy issues. Like if I don't lift for a couple of days, my wife's just like, get away, like go downstairs and lift and get it done <laughs> because you're a bear right now. Um, yeah. And it banishes me to this basement to get my lifting in. Uh, because yeah, no, it's just like, there's that energy. And there's, I think there, for me, there's just something about um, just weight just like the, the feeling of having weight on your body, whether it's the squat or a bench or anything else. Like that. You just think like if I don't get that every couple of days, it's just like, I think it's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if you miss it for, if you don't, if you get into it as a rhythm and then you don't do it for a while, 
it's hard to get back in, but once you do, you realize you missed it. Yeah. Um, if not before, the once you're doing, of, you're like, oh my gosh, I need, I needed this so bad. <laughs> well, and the importance of having that as a habit, you know, no matter what you do, if you have a habit of some good thing, whether it's uh, exercise or prayer or whatever it is, you know, that habit will never serve you wrong. If you have mm-hmm. a, a good habit and you keep that consistent, that will be formative for your life. Yeah. So I'm curious, Father, this one wasn't on the list of questions that we had for you, but uh, I'm just curious, what does your eating regimen look like to go along with your lifting? I mean, as a priest, it's got to be hard to be real consistent with your, because as well now being a priest, but even as a deacon, uh, you're going to have people inviting you over for meals and you're going to have times where it's hard to get food in the the short period of time that you have. Um, So what do you have a plan moving forward to try to how can I maintain some sort of an eating regimen or um, is that still yeah. something that's in the works? Well, I, I, I step on the scale and figure out where I'm at. Um, I weighed this morning. I was at like 227, which I think is fine for now. Um, but if I get fat, I go into a cut and uh, I'm not, I'm not counting calories right now, but I was, uh, you know, logging them in, everything I ate, weighing stuff. Um, last year, last summer I did that and I got down to like 212, but it was, it was hard to get, you know, lower than that. Um, but, uh, if I need to, I'll get on the, on the calorie counter app and I'll weigh stuff out. Um, right now I'm kind of in a eat whatever I want and it's been going fine. I, I'm, I'm, a I'm lifting four days a week and I'm putting some good volume in, good intensity in, so it's doing fine. Uh, on lifting days, I'll take 50 grams away, um, whey protein. But then, you know, for the most part, um, we're not going out to eat. We're eating pretty – I'm cooking for my parents, or they're cooking some, but, you know, we're just eating fairly clean. Um, so, yeah, um, kind of feel it out as necessary but uh the what i was really curious about was is experimenting on um lifting on fasting days um you know during lent and i did find that uh like if i i can i could count uh two scoops of protein as one of my small meals you know and that's meat free um it was it was difficult but it was doable you know it I had the low energy of a fast, but, you know, it's doable going forward. Yeah, I actually lifted on a fast day this last Lent, and I got, at for my current situation, I got what was my um, PR. I hit a new PR on a fast day, and I thought, whoa, nice. who would have seen that one coming? But yeah. I think with the American diet, you know, there's so much like of in of carbohydrates available that like we hardly ever actually exhaust our glycogen stores and and need yeah. or, like refeed. <laughs> so like, yeah, like unless you're doing, unless you're really really strict with your your carbs or whatever, like yeah, most of the time, I think most people could do it pretty well. You know, maybe not go play a soccer match or whatever, but <laughs> lifting definitely. As far as weight. As far as like weight, weight goes, um, 
like I learned, I learned this when I started my first cut. Um, and all the, all the bodybuilders know this by heart. It's all about the salt. Cause like the, mm. when I first started my cut, like I just stopped eating the seminary food and I started cooking for myself. And like, I dropped like eight pounds in like two days, just from, just from not getting all their salt, uh, which was insane. Uh, but yeah, salt is the biggest thing, and then all the processed foods, you know. That's that's always so. With 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 managing your salt, I mean, isn't the theory then? I mean, you're dropping a lot of water weight, but then are you seeing quality mass kind of being keeping on quality mass and then losing some of that fat by cutting out salt? Because I've never actually done like a salt salt cut per se, or like a water cut. No, um, I mean I. I just noticed that, I mean, I think that salt was probably part of why my blood pressure was bad. Uh, and that's just an American thing that we need to do, but um, to need to watch out for. But I think that water retention does make you seem, look kind of fat, feel kind of fat. And like, I definitely, like early on, I just felt better because you know, I lost that weight, even if it was just water weight. Uh, but <laughs> I don't think the salt matters much right now because the garage gym I'm in, it has no AC and it's super well insulated. So like I'm, I'm sweating bucket uh, every time I go in. That's what you actually need to put salt in your water and start. Yeah. Cause especially if you're eating clean, cooking at home, like, and I, I'll do that uh, summertime, uh, especially around the summer. Even, I mean, even sometimes in the winter, but like um, just uh, like all, apparently all the salt in my house is blessed salt. So I'll uh, bless a little bit of water just to taste uh, with some blessed salt. And then uh, um, like, cause did it actually make sure that you have enough water in your system? Because I think for me, it definitely helps with, if I don't have enough water, um, joints grinding, right? And it's just like kind of rough around those different compound lifts. And so I find that, uh, that everything feels like it moves smoother when I'm well hydrated on that. Um, so, uh, question as uh, all of our mission is to go out to all the world baptizing in the name of the father son and holy spirit do you see any way that lifting could be used for evangelization insofar as friendship uh is necessary for evangelization like um okay one of my priest friends uh i spent the last summer with him and and his pastor um he I don't, I don't think he lifts, but he like runs or he does some stuff at the gym. And he said that he met their, um, I think it was the stepfather of one of the kids at, uh, at the Catholic school at the, at the parish. And he said he got into talking with them and made friends with them. And he asked them straight up, you know, why don't you, you're not Catholic, are you? He said, no. So the father said, well, do you want to become Catholic? And he said, yeah, sure. So <laughs> just that avenue of, you know, guys hanging out together and, you know, talking and that leading towards the faith, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of gym bros out there that need the gospel preached to them. And, uh, I don't think you immediately come in and, uh, uh, start preaching from the squat rack, but, uh, you know, bit by bit, you can find your way in. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, it's, uh, um, 
at the the whole Benedict option, right? I think a lot of Catholics yeah. are just wanting to insulate themselves, and the there's this lost sense of evangelization. And even I mean, even for both of us, like Ben and I, like we have our own home gyms, so like we don't necessarily go out. Like that's we got to find other avenues of community building where we can invite people, build a relationship, and invite people to the church. Yeah. So I mean, if you look at what Saint Benedict did, though, like the Benedictines established monasteries. And then towns built up around them. Like they were, the Benedictines were a city on the hill and mm-hmm. they brought people towards them and they built them up and they built up society from that. Uh, so it can never be about, you know, we're going to insulate. It's we establish our thing. We have the church and then the church builds up society from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a dream, like a dream of ours, is eventually to, to to open up a have our own facility uh, in the future, where that that would be the ideal, where it'd be. Well, you know my you know my pipe dream is to get Knights of Columbus gems in every parish. Hmm. Knights of Columbus, okay, like sell me. What's the what's the elevator pitch? Sell me Knights of Columbus yeah. gems. Because I mean. I mean, it just speaks for itself. Like, you know, the, the nights they have these halls, a lot of times ginormous halls, you could partition off, you know, maybe a quarter of that, get a couple squat racks, a couple benches, uh, maybe some cable stuff. And, you know, you pay your night's dues, you know, you can use the gym and then, you know, your families are welcome to it as well. And, you know, open up to the public from there if possible. And, so much of the nights is just like, okay, we have our meetings, we have, we have our uh, barbecues or whatever events we have. And yeah. It's like, it's supposed to be about fraternity, but you're not built. You don't have opportunities to build fraternity and you don't have young guys. You have a nope. bunch of mostly old guys, but you know, if you, if you have a gym, that is a good Avenue for, bringing younger guys in oh dude i'm all in okay are, are you a knight father chase yeah third degree I, okay i have not been to a meeting in a while though Ditto. So for, first degree like i first so even though they keep they keep asking me to come because you can apparently just go all the way to third now right from your first yeah. or whatever yeah which is another thing that actually makes easy. it less less attractive because that's yeah they, like I, that's what they did for that's what I did when I went in. I had other reasons to join, but it it was just like this is just not as it's it doesn't feel like I've earned this. You know, I just yeah. sit through a whole bunch of ceremonies over the course of the night and I haven't earned it. I didn't really know what was going on and now I'm a terrible night cuz I never go to meetings. So, <laughs> um, but you got to get guys to buy in is the big Yeah. Thing. And I think I think that gym idea is, is huge. I mean, cause for what, like for another avenue of like, you know, catechism and evangelization is like when I've had, when I had a gym membership at the local community gym, it was an opportunity to, um, if other high school students that I ministered to were there mm-hmm. as well to just go up and talk with them. And like one of the kids, you know, I taught him how to squat bench and dead because he wanted to get strong and play football and he'd never played football before. And so, yeah. I, I I got him on starting strength five by five and like, you know, and, and, um, but it was an opportunity to, to build that relationship because just like, I mean, 
because we were able to do something. That's the whole point. And like, of, you know, men is you can't just get them in a circle and get talking or whatever normally. Right. You have to be doing something. So he has to be around a campfire. The talk comes from the activity. Yeah. Um, and plus the camaraderie, like when you got, when back in the football days and you'd lift with the team, I mean, there was mm-hmm. just like, there's just, you push yourself a little bit higher. That energy is a little bit there and the lips go up a little bit easier. I think, you know, granted you may hurt and yourself. You're all, and you're always competing against yourself. You know, there is, there's competition between brothers, but ultimately you are competing against yourself. And that is, that's what virtue is about, you know, getting better, uh, Matthew Kelly has his moments, but you know, <laughs> just that canard, uh, be the best version of yourself or whatever oh it is. <laughs> yeah, he does say that among <laughs> among other things. Um, oh my gosh, I just I hear the rants from like I don't know if you listen to Catching Foxes, I just hear the rants. Uh, of, I, I I listened to them a few, few times, but they talked about Game of Thrones too much for me. <laughs> there you go there you go um well i think we've been going for uh, yeah. about an hour um so any final thoughts for our listeners uh do you want people to find you on the internet do you want to give a blessing anything like that um yeah if you want to follow me on twitter i guess i'm at fr Chase Goodman, uh, Goodman with two zeros instead of O's because I'm special like that. <laughs> I don't know if I can do blessings over radio podcast sort of thing, but I'll give it a try. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, guys. I uh, think uh, you can find us at the Prayer and Pushups Podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at Prayer and Pushups, Twitter and Instagram. Follow us um, and uh, pray for our new priests, especially Father Chase, as he goes like you're like a baby priest, as they say. Yeah. And go on. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> but not in the weight room, though. But not in the weight room. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much for coming on. And uh, you know, be praying for our baby priests. Be praying especially for all of our new uh, transitional deacons who are now going through puberty. That is going to be a tough time for them. <laughs> so, Father Chase, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. And until then, let's get out there. Let's live intentionally. God bless.